Join me, everybody. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Oi, oi, oi. That was far more awkward than I thought it was going to be. But welcome to Bunker Mania Wrestling, everybody. I am the giraffe, me, Jeremy Graves. I am joined by the decadent Mr. Ian Bolton and, of course, Harriet Manga Girl. Today, we are here to talk about WWE's Elimination Chamber, Perth, because that's the official title of the show, apparently. 2024, which, at the time of recording, literally ended about 10 to 15 minutes ago. We are recording this on Saturday, the 24th of February. The show has basically just gone off the air. So we're going to give some sort of just live, immediate post-show thoughts, which isn't something we get to do too often, because Mm -hmm. as Americans have found out overnight, normally we're the ones that have to stay up all night. So this time we got to wake up on a Saturday morning and just watch the show. And for the benefit of Australians who normally have to watch pay-per-views, I believe around lunchtime, they actually got to watch one in the evening. So everyone outside of North America is a winner. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so Elimination Chamber 2024 is in the books. I think a sort of just point of discussion to begin with, just some general overarching thoughts on the show as a whole. I will sort of lead discussion, as it were, then I'll pass over to you, Harriet. I think this show overall was really good fun, had some really good things in it. Nothing was, for want of a better word, a stinker or anything. Everything kind of served its purpose. It was good fun to watch. The crowd were really into it, provided a really nice atmosphere. And some of the camera visuals that they had across the night, aside from the odd wonky camera moment, which we may get into, overall, the show looked visually fantastic. Oh, yes. I I will say this. It was a good... Because uh, this is like the one last one before WrestleMania. This is a good way that they have talked about probably future matches that could be for the next pay-per-view, which is great. The matches were really good, I will say. There wasn't, like you said, there wasn't one that wasn't per se bad. They were all good in their own way, even the segments in between as well. So I think this is very much uh, the the good step onwards now to the the definitive last road to WrestleMania, so to speak. And how about yourself, Ian? What did you think overall? I, I thought it was a very fun show. I mean, the, the results are kind of were very pretty much plastered on the wall to begin with. But to, to be honest, it's like sometimes, yeah, we know what's going to happen. But as long as we enjoy the journey, why complain? Um, no, gem- generally a really good show. Good atmosphere. Good good visuals of the event as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this. I mean, I can't really kind of say it's a it's a kind of it's changed the way i've looked at the elimination chamber premium live event because it's because it's just been here is a nice event of elimination chamber and it's like okay fair enough you've got two very good chamber matches um yeah it's like you're it's only four matches on this card four matches mm. three three mm. and a bit hours but i think the nice thing is having the small smaller number of matches you have the opportunity for those matches to kind of grow and build because a lot of them are well paced and it's like again, none of the matches felt like they dragged you long, or they got really boring, or something like that. You you felt less invested in it. It's like there was a good good structure to the show, and it's it's one of WWE's strengths right now as a moment, even with their TV shows at the moment. The pacing's getting a lot better, which is a nice thing. Also, I'm just really enjoying the vibe of going around the globe for these events now. I like the fact that we're more more and more now going to different countries for the premium live events because later on this year we've got Paris for Backlash uh, then we've got Bash in, Bash in Berlin as well coming back for Germany called, yeah. yeah so it's like yay we're going it's like if you're going to be a world wrestling entertainment company why not go around the world makes perfect sense I mean I know I said it several times but I want to go Australia now <laughs> 
the amount of selling and advertising they were doing for that. Michael, Michael Cole basically going, go to Australia. It's a place of dreams. Look what you can do. You can meet animals like a koala or a kangaroo, <laughs> or you can find some wine. Or, I don't know, go surfing. It's Australia. Go Australia. Please, go Australia. Please, yeah. they're paying us to be here. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, it has really reinforced the point. I would love to go there one day. It's just as we were discussing on our own little private chat between us, just it's so much travel. And for a man of my stature, it's bad enough trying to get to like survive a two hour flight. But that's a conversation for a travel podcast, quite frankly. <laughs> and, uh, and speaking of podcast, folks, actually, it's also a good time to mention it. If you are joining us for the first time, we hope that you enjoy the show, be you joining us here on YouTube in video form or in audio form via your podcast provider of choice. So if you do enjoy the show, why not hit the subscribe button on your platform? And if you've got any thoughts on the show that we are discussing, why not put it in the comments below if you are watching on YouTube? So... In terms of the show overall, we've discussed that part. So let's get into some little sort of individual nitty-gritty bits, as it were. Now, I know you, you mentioned, Ian, there were four matches on the show. Someone out there will likely go, technically, there were five. Because there was yes. the kickoff show match, which is a fair point. That was for the women's tag team title. It was kind of just a... In, in a way, the reason I wanted to bring this up was because... It kind of was a nice little taster as to some of what we might expect from the overall feel of the show. It was a pretty mm. quick match. Indy Hartwell was obviously a main part of it because she is Australian. And so they kind mm. of played that up as part of the story of the match. Kabuki Warriors, I said this in our little private chat between us, I forgot how much I love the aesthetic of the Kabuki Warriors because I really only watched the premium live events of WWE sans a few clips here and there. So that was a really fun thing. And this match perfectly fine i enjoyed it got to see some good moments the crowd enjoyed it you got to really get a grasp of how the stadium looked as well when the overall setup a nice little taster for what was to come ian yeah it's i mean i've got i've got not much to say about the match it's like it's it was very nice it was nice for him to get a little bit of a showcase in home country that's lovely the question's never the, the result was never really in doubt that kabuki warriors were retaining because obviously they're part of the damage control storyline so it seems a bit bizarre for them to suddenly drop the belts all of a sudden because they're in australia all that sort of stuff um no good no a good a good warm-up match not necessarily one that you'll you'll want to watch again but it's just like it serves the purpose it's a good showcase exactly bit of a feel-good thing harriet hmm. yeah pretty much the same it's very rare we get matches on a pre-show so this was a nice surprise to have i think, I think this is the first one in this know. year anyway <laughs> I can't remember. I I generally cannot remember the last time there was a match on a kickoff show for that's, a, for a premium live event. That, it's terrible, isn't I'm, it? Because don't really I, get I mean, it's probably good we had the kickoff match. Otherwise, we would have had like a very long hour of the virtual set and just <laughs> yes. just both both Pete Rosenberg and Sam Roberts trying to do their best Triple H impersonations in their <laughs> in their choice of clothing and beard. It's like I can be a Triple H head of creative too. Yes, yes, whatever. And doing creative booking for the koala that Kevin Owens brought into the arena, who is now his manager for some reason. <laughs> Mr. K. O. Arla. Oh, amazing. And, uh, also, I can confirm the last uh, pre show match, as it were, was at Crown Jewel, which featured Sami Zayn and JD McDonough. I, had, I remembered oh, yeah. it was Sami, but I couldn't remember oh, yeah. where. And I think mm, prior yeah, I just to that, did a, a little was, quick search um, for it as I was going along. I think oh. probably was that Clash at the Castle the following year, I think. 
possibly. I'm not, yeah. I haven't gone that yeah. far back, admittedly. So you call yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the last time because we talked about it. I thought, my God, it was that long ago. I don't know, mm. but yeah, it was it was an okay match. It was fine. It's yeah, the writing was on the wall because Kabuki Warriors, um, the tag because they've only just won it as well. But it, like like you said, it was nice for Indy to get her flowers in front of the show. I think they did try to incorporate as many of the Australian wrestlers into mm. the show as much as they could. Yeah, because I think um, initially a lot of people were expecting Say Bronson Reed to be in the chamber match for. For the men's, but uh, he he didn't qualify. Um, but during the show, he he announced the he, he had a reason why he wasn't particularly at the show, but it's because he just became a father, which was great. Which yeah. is lovely news, to, lovely news. Lovely news to hear. But yeah, indeed. So we get to the main show proper, and we begin with one of the elimination chamber matches, that being the women's match specifically. An interesting thing, which I hadn't actually considered until the show began. In past years at stadium shows, say, for example, like a WrestleMania, we've seen Hell in the Cell matches, for example, and you kind of wonder, how's that going to be for the live audience to watch because of the way it's constructed and stuff? And it suddenly dawned on me, how's the Elimination Chamber going to look in a stadium? Especially from like a live being mm. there in person point of view. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. Is it, are there going to be sight lines impacted? I mean, not helped if you were sitting in one of the corners of the stadium when you had a giant LED board anyway. That's a different debate for mm. another day. But overall, I think an elimination chamber just visually in a stadium, and just that as a discussion point to begin with, because this applies to both of those matches, I think there's something very unique and wonderful about it. There's an, there's an essence of it feels far grander in scale that it's being done in a stadium and overall just that environment it just lends itself pretty well i think and i think overall visually it came across very well harriet yeah i, I never thought about that actually until you brought it up because like we're so used to what because we've never really seen it live per se we've, we've just watched it mm. through a screen so like for a crowd it, completely different though i did notice there were kind of tvs around the top so i'm guessing if they could very see wide it and... very wide screens as well yes but yeah it was um yeah i'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm trying to find my right words for this but yeah from even we talked about it like from our side there was some lighting things as well that kind of happened in between but mm. some things we couldn't see so i don't know whether that was because there wasn't a roof maybe as well i, I don't really know but i mean both matches were good. So visually, from from what we could see, it was great. But I'm not sure from the crowd how it would be. So it's kind of interesting in a way. Mm, it'll be interesting to yeah. see if there are any sort of live reports that come out about how it was to actually see that type of match in a stadium. But uh, yeah. but, 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 but Ian, to let you to, to let you chime in on this point, what did you think of it from the perspective of just the chamber in a stadium specifically? I think the 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 current chamber design, I think, is probably very well suited for that sort of environment because obviously the old design of the chamber you had the steel bars everywhere so it really kind of yeah you you really yeah, i think it blocked a lot i mean you still have the chains you still have the chains around around the around the sides but no i think visually it, it looks it it looks imposing still there's there's plenty i feel from a camera camera point of view of them recording the matches and filming the matches as well I think the newer design has allowed them a lot better opportunity to get good mm. angles, good shots, and so forth as well. So, yeah, I think it's fun. 
Yeah, and there, will... was, there was also a camera mounted inside the chamber as well. I'm not sure if you caught that, but I did. I did realize that part. Oh yeah, they have the good old, good old mm. fashioned high. It's probably high corporate res, uh, pan tilt zoom camera, just automated yep. by the truck or something like that. See, mm. that's real work coming into my <laughs> coming into the podcast today. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. But it's like, um... like, yeah. you got a chance to say. So, so please make your point. Oh, no, I was going to say, I because I, I watched a press conference and Michael Cole, at every point he could, literated how difficult it was to get the cage from America to Australia. I think at some point there was pirates involved and it's just pirates. like... Pirates, yar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not pirates. Not those pirates, but I just well, I want to imagine it was that pirate. If it was... Yeah. If, <laughs> if it was old, if it was old creative, one piece. If it's old creative, it would have been... It would have been, oh, we couldn't get the Elimination Chamber for the normal way because there were pirates. Pirates on the seven seas. Yar! Trying to take our precious chamber. Or if they wanted to do an anime collab, they get in touch with the guys at One Piece and whatnot for the One Piece anime. Like, right, let's do a collab. Let's get the Straw Hat Pirates helping us to get the chamber to Australia. I think we've missed brand synergy here since they are now officially going to Netflix. You could have just gone to get the Netflix One Piece crew to come there along. You go, right? there get you on go. the ship, guys. Get on the it's ship, all guys. Incorporated. <laughs> all one big happy family now. Watch out for One Piece coming to WWE. <laughs> it could happen. You don't know. <laughs> it probably will happen. It probably will happen when it goes to Netflix. Yeah. Uh. Netflix, if you want to get in contact with us, you, you, you'll figure it out. Just We're all available for bookings and such. So, the yeah. first chamber match, it was the Women's Elimination Chamber match. It featured Naomi, Tiffany Stratton, Raquel Rodriguez, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Liv Morgan. In terms of the, the order of entry, if you will, just to sort of touch on that briefly, it was Becky Lynch and Naomi starting, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then the order of entry after that was Tiffany Stratton at three, Liv Morgan at four, Rodriguez at five, and Bianca at six. When it came to order of elimination, as it were, I'm going to make sure I can try and get this correct now in my brain. So Naomi was the first person eliminated by Tiffany Stratton, which I thought was a wonderful moment for Tiffany, of which also I think Tiffany was MVP of that match, like her moments in this stood Absolutely. out so much and her stock rose for me especially because it's one of the first times i'm actually seeing her wrestle as well mm-hmm. i mean with tiffany sorry, Stratton, I, I didn't she... know anybody, I, thought, I thought one of you were going to chime in then about tiffany sorry that's why i left a little <laughs> bit dead air there is it well well I, I i was i was just trying chiming on tiffany um but yeah for, since i think at the tail end of nxt run tiffany's been ready for main roster for for months now to be perfectly honest she's had a she had a really good program with becky lynch and nxt for the nxt championship uh, women's championship um so it's kind of like it's just a simple transition of you're changing your environment and now you're in you go you go from the you go from the capital wrestling center to a fifty thousand occupied stadium and it's like it's quite for one of your first matches on the main roster that's 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 really good to see as well um i had a i had a thought that tiffany was going to eliminate people throughout the match and just build up the heel heat because first you take out Naomi and then you, you can't crack on. Australian crowd love Tiffany, by the way. Yeah. As well. <laughs> Very vocal Australian crowd. Good Australian crowd as well. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I, um, I will say the, the fly off the top of the pod to the other women down below was a great spot. Very good spot. Yeah, I think I That's- described it in our private chat as such 
such a graceful dive while also being incredibly scary. Yeah. Because she yeah. sort of did like you sort of did like the, the Jeff Hardy style Swanton, but did like the rotation a lot later oh. than you would be comfortable with seeing. Mm. It was more just a gentle forward flip off the top of the, the cage body. It's like, I'm just going to flip forward. There we go. Catch me. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone down. It is a great really- way though to show it. If, if you haven't seen her before this, because she hasn't, she's only had a couple of matches on SmackDown because of the, the, the elimination chamber but i had watched her prior on nxt because of the becky matches but this is a great way to show her off you know if you're going to have new stars mm. this is the best way to do it and like you said mm. she was the mvp of this match her and Liv, i think were very good in this match even though you knew what was going to happen it was a great way to kind of show this is what she is like you are going mm. to love her and i i mean my respect for her has grown a lot for her in this as well, even though she is typical heel, but a great heel and she's going to go great in the, in WWE. What was it? Liv had, Liv had a a really good off the pod moment as well, where she just came out of nowhere Mm. to deliver double knees to (laughs) Raquel on top of a, on top of a turnbuckle. And it's just just like, it's like, Oh, well it's like for the moment I saw, you see Tiffany looking up at Liv and it's like, oh, are they going to climb up together and do something? I don't know. And then all of a sudden, here comes Liv. Oof! I was like, oh, ow. I mean, the difference between yeah. the difference between this match and the men's match, the women's is a little bit more full pelt, I'd say. Mm. We, we, start, we, 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 start, uh, we start with a, a, a moderate pace a little bit for, until everyone comes in. As soon as everyone in the match is in, it's... It's kind of like big spot after big spot after big spot, which is really, really good to see. The men's is a bit more was a bit more methodical, and I think it took into that more wear and tear because we had some storylines, and we'll talk about the men's match where people are kind of nursing their injuries a lot more. Hello, Randall. Um, in that sort of way. Um, but no, I no, it's like when everyone's in, it's like it's just good spots after 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 the other, and the, like the finale kind of played into that. It was kind of like before he even had a chance to kind of brace yourself for the final showdown between the last two it's like oh it's over i mean even at the beginning you had naomi and becky when they first fought and then like uh after naomi slammed uh slammed becky's head into the the cage she kind of went up a bit and then done like a a, a death a drop split on her Such onto a good the ring. oh yeah the, the oh death so good Death <laughs> death <split. laughs> we have now dubbed it the death split now i even wrote it in my notes as well <laughs> death split <laughs> It was good. It was just like you said, just non-stop. There was DDTs. There was, oh, just, yeah. Just the offensive of everyone, which was great. It was just like non-stop and it just kept going, which is great. Mm. Mm. In terms of order of eliminations for the remainder of the match, first of all, Tiffany was eliminated second after being pinned by Liv Morgan. And that was about six, seven minutes after Naomi was eliminated. Then a couple of minutes after that, Raquel was eliminated by Bianca Belair via the KOD of Memory Serves. Give it about another five, six minutes or so. Then Bianca was eliminated by Liv. And then, according to the thing I'm looking at, six seconds later, (laughs) Becky then won the match. (laughs) So that is kind of the time frame we worked with. And when it came to the ending specifically... I really liked the double quick ending because there was that moment of, oh my God, Bianca got pinned, but you then it didn't really have time to sink in. And mm. then it was just immediate, oh wait, Becky's won. And that kind of plays into the idea that anything can happen at any given second. 
but then there was also a, that's also a way of keeping the focus very much on Becky won it, not that Bianca lost it, as yeah. it were. Because there's been a there's been a sort of direction I I've gauged for a while that Rhea v Becky seems the most logical match at this point for Mania. Yeah. And so that was a way to really kind of help cement that rather than focusing on the fact that Bianca lost. Ian. Yeah, I think the the storyline I think we're going with for Bianca is basically she need, she's not missed a WrestleMania since she's been on the main roster. So she needs to find a way to WrestleMania because EST's in the in the in the word, apparently. That's the that's the motive, I suppose. Um that's that's what the that, that that's what they're telling me in wrestling. Anyway, when, when um, that was said on commentary and it was like you can't spell WrestleMania without EST, I just thought Yes. Your point. <laughs> it's like well done. Well done. You can you can identify which letters appear in this word. My immediate thought was are fortune? you gonna make a t-shirt with just the letters EST really highlighted? <laughs> <laughs> just embolden it on the shirt <laughs> Jeremy they probably already have already just <laughs> I don't know but they probably have already but my, my point my point is I think we are I think either one or two things is happening either we will get Bianca versus Jade because I think they might set mm-hmm. that up or Bianca and Jade versus Tiffany and someone else possibly because they had a, they had the thing not on this recent SmackDown, but the week before SmackDown, where Tiffany came in and, and pissed off quite a number of the the female superstars, including Jade. And it's like, oh, we're not going to take that. So I have a, I have a feeling it's either one of those two ways. But that will be on the card. But it will just probably be in a kind of like a mid-profile match for this year. Any thoughts from me, Harriet? Before we move on to the next match, the quick finish made sense. It was it was a good way to end it because it was kind of. The pacing was good because you think, oh, okay, it's finished work quick, but it, it worked to its favor because I think it, it kind of ended in a, a good way. I I have another theory. So um, even though Liv really wanted to face off against Rhea, she could still end up involved in a way, maybe costing the match at WrestleMania against mm. uh, Rhea and mm. Becky, maybe. I don't know. That's just something that's popped into my head. But it, there is going to be a match later on down the line between my- those two. There, I think there will. I think there will be. I think they will pick up the the live Rhea story. I think yeah. going into Mania, I as much as obviously we've got we've got Becky and Rhea happening now, which is it's going to be a very good match. My gut tells me Rhea will retain at Mania. That's yeah. that's me because I, I I don't see because I don't see the point in giving the belt to Becky right now. There's nothing from a storyline perspective. It's like you'll get it's like a dream match because they've never faced each other properly one on one. So that's a good good shout Mm -hmm. but i think considering the momentum of Rhea, and also she's front and center on a lot of things including an upcoming video game kind of makes sense but that's just me but no they were change booking (laughs) i think becky did actually tweet afterwards saying you can't spell wrestlemania without the man like to speculate on what bianca said earlier which i was just like you know what beautiful (laughs) hang on wait is that is that right hang on I think that's what Michael Cole did. Wait a minute. There's no H in WrestleMania. There's no H. I was just thinking, wait a minute. That can't, can't work. No, I know. But I was just like, but I like the all, way the, all the other with that. You can have all the other letters are there. <laughs> to man. To man. To man. To man. <laughs> in, an Irish, in an action, Irish accent, to man is going to WrestleMania. <laughs> you, might be, you might be able to have L man. <laughs> There's no L in the man, Jeremy. How does that work? 
I'm going. I'm going. I'm going like multilingual here. That's how I'm going about it. <laughs> Jeremy, there's no Ellen the man, and when the man's trying to say the man, his man is in WrestleMania. Oh, Why are we sorry. arguing about this? I don't know. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Thank you, commentary team of Michael Cole and Corey Gray. <laughs> so yeah, women's chamber match. Genuinely, this is my attempt to try and keep things on rails here. So, so yeah, women's chamber match. Genuinely, really good match. I really, really enjoyed it. Definitely worth trying to go out of your way to see because it was a really good match. This is completely derailed. I'm just going to carry on. So then the next match on the card, it was for the, the the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. It was the Judgment Day defending against New Catch Republic of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Mm. This was really good fun. It started by Dom taking the microphone from the ring announcer and attempting <laughs> to announce Judgment Day. And the boos were uber loud. <laughs> As it were. They did they didn't need to be piped in this time. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so that was good fun. He just said one thing. He didn't even do one word. He'll hear the boo. It's like I really couldn't hear a word you said, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, Judgment Day did retain the titles, but it's a really fun match. It showed off Dun and Bait really well as a tag team. I thought they looked mm -hmm. super great, and it reminded me of a bunch of older stuff that I've seen them do as well. So really good to see there was another tag team in the division just as a whole, quite frankly, of this caliber. And also the Aussie mm -hmm. crowd were really into them, which was a really cool thing to see, really into what they were doing. Ultimately, Judgment Day were able to pick up the win. Dom got involved in more ways than one and ultimately at some point during the match was sent to the back, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Judgment Day were able to get the win. And the other storyline relating to this match, which I was not aware of until the match began, and then I had to question it with you two. Apparently, a member of the Judgment Day who might have randomly shown up, an on and off member of the Judgment Day, I should say, had not made it to the country of Australia because they had instead <laughs> made it to the country of Austria. Not Australia, but Austria. <laughs> and there are videos doing the rounds of our truth having arrived in Austria going to an arena with no one there, no fans anywhere about or at hotels. He's just there and apparently was watching the show in Austria. <laughs> protect him, please. Protect him. Bless him. Bless him. I love him so Bless much. Him. <laughs> I love the fact he ended this tweet with kangaroos as well. <laughs> oh my God, oh. that was just beautiful. I, I did oh. burst out laughing when I saw that because I was just like how how can this be a thing and i was just like yep that's it there you go it's a, it's a thing it's a thing and him and mizzle winning the belts at mania aren't they they are uh, <laughs> yeah but um but, oh, well. but the tag title match as a whole though really really fun match another good just a good showcase quite frankly for the tag division as a whole crowd are really into it once again which no doubt they were going to be for, into everything all night but really solid match i think it even got a this is awesome chance at one point it as did. well it so did. that kind of showed yeah. how much the crowd were really into it so really really good tag match and really happy to have it on the show ian yeah really solid really fun tag match as well and I, it's it's a good match for the judgment day to work hard to win because honest, they, they haven't they didn't really win through cheating efforts this time around and obviously dom tried to stop them um but they got thrown out so it was it was literal 
fortitude and resilience from Dom, uh, from um, Damien and Finn to retain. And this is after Pete Dunn's done his usual finger games on, on the opponent, specifically Finn, who at the end of the match is seen checking his thumbs quite a lot, going, oh, no, my thumbs. I don't know if I can put my fingers together anymore. I don't know. Finn is... My, my I, hand! My hand! Finn is such a good seller. I, I like... Finn, Finn's reactions sometimes are great fun to watch in, in matches. But also... Also, yeah, Dunn Dun and Bay. Obviously, it's the reintroduction of Pete and Pete Dunn after year, years of being of Butch uh, at long last. So it's it's good to see it's good to see Pete Dunn back to being doing Pete Dunn sort of things. Um, good spots in the match. Um, there was the airplane spin from Bait on Damien Priest, who just went round and round and round and round and round and round and round, and then eventually took Damien off the off the off his shoulders and Damien had the Damien had a great sort of whoo he's like he's raised his arms up in the middle of the ring and just went whoo <laughs> flop and <laughs> flop over it's um it's funny you bring this up because something was mm. mentioned on commentary which I still can't figure out there was something about is he turning it the other way the airplane spin because we're down under Oh no! Not and I literally thought, and I literally th- <laughs> that that genuinely then started to make me think: What way do people normally turn an airplane spin? Is there a normal way? Is this like you know, if you're a regular wrestler, as it were, you work with towards the left side, but if you're in Mexico, you work with the right? I'm like, I've never <laughs> thought about this. Why is my brain breaking at this? You shouldn't do this to me at 10 a.m. in the morning. I'm glad I didn't hear that because I probably would have been the same. <laughs> Yeah, because I think turned, we're all thinking that now. <laughs> because Tyler Bate turned it in a clockwise motion. And part of me is thinking, if you're a right-footed wrestler, you might naturally go anti-clockwise. <laughs> in the meantime, while Ian's looking, I will say this. Shout out to that brand new move of the Birmingham Hammer. Amazing name. <laughs> so good. A nice little, uh, even uh, Corey Gray's mentioned it on commentary, a nice little shout out to, to Japanese wrestling legend Kenta Kobashi. With the but with the Birmingham hammer rather than the burning hammer, I, right. I had a moment of that. Right. Oh, well, which yeah, way? Right. Which way? Which way did he turn Damien in the match? And did he go? He turned him clockwise. So, so, so he turned him clockwise. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm watching. I'm just watching another Tyler Bates spin from a previous WWE match. He does the same direction. So we can put this mad theory to bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a myth busted <laughs> because basically the usual airplane things he'll spin 360 clockwise a couple of times go oh i'm awfully tired better do a squat oh wait no i'm not tired i'll go the other way and go anti-clockwise and then it's like whoa i've spun too much and everyone falls down so we didn't have the other way around that's probably that's probably where the confusions come from is because tyler hasn't spun the other way around this time <laughs> Anyway, I digress. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> yes, but it was a. I think it was a relevant, random point of commentary that should be called out. Just like you can't spell WrestleMania without EST. 
basically, is this the way we should look at reviews now? It's basically, instead of actually reviewing what happens in the ring, we just find the details. That to us makes no sense. Or we think there's a deeper meaning. It's like, it's like we had that lovely skyline shot of the stadium. The sunset was going on. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then the camera went, fuck it, died. And just <laughs> It's like, just must went, it be oh. ghosts? Is it ghosts? I don't know. Ghosts? Well, Some, uh, it, it, it's funny you mention like other things that happen on the show that perhaps we should point out because there was a moment during this match when Dom was being ejected when suddenly oh, yes. the screen went black for a good six or seven seconds and we couldn't figure out why. And I was scrolling I through Twitter crashed, and I heard someone, <laughs> I read someone say on Twitter, apparently the entire front row were flipping Tom off. So that's why they had to cut to a black screen. <laughs> it's like, stop, stop swearing at our wrestlers crowd. Stop it. <laughs> they, they had some choice chants for him as well throughout. They kind of focused on him. It's just like, there is other wrestlers in the match. <laughs> this is a PG show for the kids. Don't, don't show the middle finger. Please. I was expecting them to, I was expecting to the old line of bizarro world. I, I did go back actually just to see before the cutoff point was like, was there a sign that we missed? And it was just like, no, there wasn't. And then when you saw it, when you said it was, I was just like, ah, makes sense. But also, yeah. we couldn't see them. <laughs> so. Yeah, because because when the camera went black, there was a sign on screen. And I suddenly thought, oh, did that say something? Because that seemed mm. really random to cut it off. And then maybe yeah. it was just in the camera shot and they just went, nah, you know what? Not having that, as it were. <laughs> But uh, so, Mitty, we want to get derailed this. But any other thoughts relating to the tag match before we move on? Just to give you two both a moment. I I thought it was good because I know Tyler. I think it was talked about before. Like Tyler hasn't really been shown much on American uh, wrestling. It's more been for NXT UK because you mm. know uh, um, uh, Pete Dunne has been in it a lot for a lot longer. So I think it's good that they're having these matches so you can show like the compatibility of both of them and tyler as well because they're both great wrestlers and together they're mm. even better so it was a good match and like you said a clean way to win and probably the better way to win because then going forward to wrestlemania it kind of makes judgment day look stronger but also yeah. it it didn't make uh the uh tyler and pete look weak i thought it was a great well, match and all for both of them not at all they uh, did i think broke yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking they'll probably the Catra product will probably win the belt at some point in the next couple of months. I can see it happening very easily. Mm. Depends. 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 It's like, do we really need them to be joined together at the hip now? Both those belts. Can can we have two separate belts? I don't know. It's. I don't know. It's like it's it's like it's like if we, if we're gonna have separate world titles on brands, could we do it for tanks again? Because it just. Because then you get more opportunities for the other tag teams to, to to have a nice sort of spotlight on them, like pretty deadly and mm. stuff like that. But that's just me. I have a way. Oh, I hate this idea. I've just thought of. I have a way <laughs> that this could happen based on something that was said earlier. If Awesome Truth were to win the titles, oh no! What if what if our Truth declares he's the Red Brand Champion? And Miz could be the blue brand champion. <laughs> <That> <laughs> because it's such an R Truth could... character thing that could happen. Yeah. It's utterly stupid, but it could work. <laughs> it could right. work. That's what's annoying about it. 
<laughs> oh my god oh my god i can see it happening as well like you stand in that corner and i'll stand in this corner <laughs> oh no oh, oh well, no <laughs> just to leave that thought in the ether for everyone to go why did you say that why have you put that into the ether let's talk about the grayson waller effect because that was the next segment on the show where we began in fact let me um let me pull up my uh, i think i have an exact note of what occurred if I remember correctly, <laughs> in a particular order. It was something, I think I wrote down something to the effect of, ah, insult local, make a local cultural insult. Done. Try and get back on the crowd's side. Done. On with the show. Done. <laughs> That's kind of how Austin Theory's introduction for this, for this entire thing occurred. Grayson Waller came out, got a reaction. I couldn't garner if they were actually happy to see him, but I think they liked the fact there was an Aussie being given a prime focus spotlight, as it were. Yes, absolutely. This led out to Seth Rollins with a, a unique choice of, of dress code, which we aren't really going to talk about in much detail here, to come out. And then Cody came out. And boy, did that Aussie crowd love them some Cody sing-along. As well they as Cody eating up what we thought at the time was probably the entire pyro budget. Little did we know later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a typical... <laughs> It's a typical Saturday for Cody Pyro. It's it's fine. <laughs> this is the exact amount of Pyro I expect to see. It's the exact amount of Pyro I expect to see. <laughs> Although, just be winding quickly on, on Seth's attire. Apparently, it's a tribute to Prince. Is but, it? Okay, cool. In that case, then... But there, are, there, 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 are some, there are some elements that are not particularly... That remind you of a past figure. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but hey, if it's a Prince tribute, absolutely fine with that. Absolutely fine. fine. Yeah. So the big crux of the segment, just to kind of jump forward, there were two things that came to light from this segment. One, Seth Rollins made it known he is on the verge of being cleared to compete again. I think his exact words were days away from being cleared. So yeah. mm -hmm. that's excellent to know. The other thing was Cody wanting to address The Rock, and he sort of started talking about how how can he be called, that being The Rock, be called the, the people's champion when he's never like around the people and whatnot? Kind of actually sort of in a way sticking it a little bit to The Rock, which then led mm. to him basically saying, Rock, I want you in a match. And there was a moment where we between us were like, wait, wait, one-on-one? -on -one? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then yeah. Seth appears behind him and puts his hand on Cody's shoulder. And then you're thinking, what next? And he then says, listen, you know this isn't going to be a one-on-one -on -one fight if you take on the bloodline. You know this by now. I know this. So and to sum it up, effectively said, if and when you face The Rock, I'll have your back. And then this eventually led to a handshake. We don't know if that means if he would be in his corner if he faced The Rock one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. or if this is the kind of obvious scenario of a tag match that could take place, especially given some of the promos they were airing throughout the night where it had Roman and rock and Cody and Seth, like standing together as it were respectively. Mm. It kind of points to the fact there is going to be something involving all four men coming very, very soon. We just don't know if it's going to be a singles match or a tag match as it were. So those are kind of the big things overall. This was fun. It had some cool moments. It did feel like it went on a bit too long, to be quite frank, because I kind of wanted more wrestling when you look at it. But that said, mm -hmm. everyone was into it. There was kind of a fun dynamic going on. There was some fun reactions going on, like when Cody specifically called The Rock Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and you could just hear <laughs> Seth in the background going, you said his whole name! 
or something. Oh, like that. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Cody, Cody used the forbidden words. You said Dwayne. Um, <laughs> there's some really good selling in this. I mean, it's yeah. like when when they when they beat up poor Austin Theory. <laughs> um, uh, when they beat up poor Austin Theory, and Seth delivers the stomp, Austin Theory goes kind of head head first, like he's like basically it's like he goes dunk and just kind of goes bunk. <laughs> so basically, he does like a whole one eighty where he is from line. He was like line a pole and pole <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I, it's- I, I loved when. Um- as he was being thrown, you could just see smell. <laughs> oh yeah, when he was thrown into the sun. <laughs> yeah, when he was when he was mocking the rocks catchphrases and whatnot, and like <laughs> Seth was egging him on. Like, oh, that was a pretty good one, you know. That was a pretty good one. Come on, you got to do the big one, right? Take the jacket off. Come on. (laughs) I laughed so much at that. It was just great. (laughs) It was good fun. It was good fun. So, so yeah, those are the two big news notes from that segment. There was a thought of, are Rock and or Roman going to show up? And it was kind of made clear they likely weren't, but then they aired a promo from The Rock, which implied, what if? So it did kind of make you think a little bit. And I think there was just that collective feeling of, okay, that's the segment. Fine, cool. Okay. But mm. it did kind of just a little bit of like 1% what if in your brain. But um, but Harriet, to start yeah. with you, aside from the wonderful moment of like Grace and Waller and whatnot, or Austin Theory getting turned into a sign, the news on Seth being back imminently and Cody challenging The Rock, your thoughts? It's good that Seth is soon to be medically cleared because i think there was a big worry would he be ready in time for wrestlemania especially because he didn't have surgery he wanted to kind of do this uh physically uh with physiotherapy and whatnot so i'm i'm really glad now he's he's good to go in a few days and he proved it by doing the curve stomp at the end um and then yeah the whole news with cody i did think wait are we having a singles match wait i was literally just like wait what's going on (laughs) what's happening But it does make sense. It is built into this tag match because there have been so many promos about it now. I mean, they've even got like, their own promo of like Seth and Cody in one corner and then Roman and Rock in the other kind of facing off against each other. So I don't know if it will happen at WrestleMania. If it does, great. I With a solo match, I could see also as well, like, like you said, with in each corner. But mm, it it's kind of slowly teasing and now because we've got yeah. like 40 odd days now until wrestlemania you need to have that build and tease towards it to kind of make you go huh huh so i look forward to it i since the whole press conference with wrestlemania i've just been like do you know what bring it on i'm looking forward to this now just come on get it on it's it's just good i i loved it it's i i I kind of thought there'd be more to it with the segment because I was expecting Rock. I, I, I was secretly hoping he was just like behind the curtain because he did say like, if they talk back about me, let me know and I'll come and do what I need to do. And I was just thinking, maybe? But mm, I, that, I, that, yeah. that was the that was the what if that I mentioned, literally. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. So I, I think the segment was good. It, it kind of paced out well. I think even though I was a bit annoyed to see Austin at the beginning, it worked out in the favour in the end. So... It was a great segment and all, and kind of a good way to kind of build up that mania feud. 
it, it inches the story on a little bit. I, it's like I think it's I think I think we're all kind of thinking more or less it's going to be probably a tag match. There is there is a sense that maybe Rock takes Cody up on his one on one offer, but he says you lose, you're not in the title picture, you're not in the title match at Mania. So this could be that, and that could be like a a day two storyline of Cody having to take on the Rock and maybe in the opening, and then takes on Roman in the closer, aka Daniel Bryan from WrestleMania Face. So there's there's different. There are different ways you can go, and they're both very intriguing. But I think that I think considering the amount of advertising's done around the four of them, it makes sense for a tag or maybe a tornado tag match or something like that. Hmm. Fair point. Fair point. This led us to the men's elimination chamber match, which he says trying to get his notes up quickly because his page went wonky. Featured in no particular order. In fact, no, in the order of entry. Let's do this. So. First of all, the two that started the match were LA Knight and Drew McIntyre. They were the first two, which meant that the pod people, weird word, but that'll do, were Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, and Logan Paul. That was also the order of entry for each person. In terms of order of eliminations, first elimination came after about 21 minutes or so, according to the thing I'm looking at here which was Bobby Lashley eliminated first by Drew McIntyre. Drew actually, ultimately, you could argue, was the MVP of the match in terms of eliminations, as we will get on to. And it's worth noting that as well, because a big detail about this chamber match compared to the women's match, which, like I said, I really enjoyed, was that this men's match, by comparison, you could argue was far more story-driven than the women's match. Mm. Like there was some different, definitely definite notable beats. If I can get my words out of my mouth that really played into that as we shall go on because the remaining eliminations were then about a few minutes after Bobby Lashley, LA Knight eliminated by Drew McIntyre. Then Kevin Owens was eliminated by Randy Orton. Logan Paul was then eliminated by Randy Orton. And then ultimately Drew McIntyre defeated Randy Orton. Orton, but there is a lot more going on around that than what I have just described. Mm -hmm. So let's see if I can recount what happened here. So Kevin Owens really had a bee in his bonnet about Logan Paul throughout the whole match for obvious reasons, given recent history. Yep. But the two big moments of the match were leading to LA Knight's elimination. Bobby Lashley, be it storyline or whatever, had a really heavily taped elbow and he was still being helped out of the ring by the referees as this elimination was about to occur. This meant the elimination chamber door was wide open for seemingly a couple of minutes. Suddenly, a figure runs into the ring and it's everyone's favorite flat earth follower, AJ Styles, who somehow made it to the end of the earth and <laughs> clobbered LA Knight with a chair and ended a Styles clash. Hey, I love AJ. I'm just calling it like it is, all right? Just based on what's online. Let's just call it like it is. So ultimately, AJ cost LA Knight the match, if you will, which one then assumes, and we can come back to this as we sort of discuss what mania plans there might be and whatnot. One assumes this is now going to lead to LA v AJ in PA. I had to think about that for like American acronyms and stuff. So that's potential mania match from that. In terms of Kevin Owens, I think this is going to be a long-standing distaste for Logan Paul at this point. I don't really know if following this, there will be anything else major, unless he just happens to be involved in the match because, if that makes sense. When we then move on following that, Logan Paul was then eliminated by Randy Orton a few, like a short time after, a few minutes later. 
This then plays into how the match concludes as a whole. Sorry, did, um, did you say that um, Kevin Owens was in the middle by Owens? Uh, by Orton, sorry. I thought I, I did, but talking... just in case, we'll go back again. So yeah, because we, we talked about we talked about the night, and the, you, you mentioned about Kevin Owens having things with Logan Paul, but then I, I don't recall you saying he got eliminated by Orton. That's just me. Apologies. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> all right, so I'll pick it up from. So following on from the whole LA Knight AJ thing, Kevin Owens, as mentioned, was then the next person eliminated. In terms of things that occurred, he was eliminated by Randy Orton, but that didn't necessarily play into very much from a story perspective, as we would find out following the next, from the way the remainder of the match played out, I'll phrase it, because Logan Paul was eliminated by Randy Orton. And this was done when Logan Paul reached into his tights, got the brass knuckles, you know, the power of the punch and all that, whatever you want to call it. And he was kind of, the only way I could describe it was he was kind of, putting his fist in there like he was just like cocking you know the gun ready to go or something and as he was doing that Orton flies into the camera shot and just delivers an RKO it was, it was beautiful chef's kiss of a camera angle. so good I, that was my mm. favorite shot of the night <laughs> yeah it, there, there was there was some genuinely spectacular visuals and as you mentioned earlier like there was a camera that just went Ugh, earlier and there were a few other wonky camera <laughs> moments but this was perfection this camera angle this was so good but the reason that I mention that ha- that occurring, because this plays into what ultimately happened a few minutes later, because we're getting Randy and Drew fighting back and forth. And ultimately, suddenly, Randy gets knocked down out of nowhere. And it's Logan Paul having hit him with the brass knucks because he's still in the cage. He's not gone out, which at that point, that's about, <clears throat> excuse me, about three or four minutes, give or take. Which then kind of plays into a thing of WWE really need to work on like that get, getting out of the cage protocol for these things because that was twice in one match. But then obviously Drew wins. He's going to be challenging Seth. But the big thing now it looks like will be Logan Paul. One assumes defending the US title against Orton at WrestleMania. So I have talked a heck of a lot there. So Ian, I will let you begin in terms of just general thoughts on the chamber and anything else that you really liked about it and such. Um, I I kind of like the it was it was a war basically this one because it was just people were hitting very big power moves but not necessarily being so spry going oh I'm gonna go around I'm gonna hit my moves on everyone because I because you expect when you have Randy Orton you expect there to be an RKO on left right and center when he comes in but it's like Randy enters he ha- he does his vintage Orton on on Owens on the outside of the the ropes into the the cage man and then he plays. And then we play this sort of long match storyline of the back issues that have plagued Orton for the last year and a bit. So it's like you have that slow of, oh, no, I've, I've really injured. But he still kind of comes back in with the odd move here or there, but still continuing to fight for an injury. I mean, it's like one of the things with Bobby Lashley, for example, is he has the arm injury due to a storyline thing from the previous night with Karrion Cross attacking it with a chair. So you still had the occasional Bobby Lashley power move. There's a wicked spear through the through the chamber against Logan Paul, which looks hell painful, really painful. But it's that it's that injury that costs him against uh, Drew, who delivers a claymore, which I think was aimed for LA Knight, but then they like kind of rolled out the way. Um, and yeah, it's just like Owens is just he's just a, 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 like a, a determined like 
pit bull of a dog against uh, Logan Paul. It's it's just various different bits as well. I think there was a bit, I can't remember who it was. I think Kevin Owens is in the, it's Lash. I think it's Lashley. It's some Someone has picked up Logan Paul or someone like that and they brought, oh, I can't remember who it is. Someone has picked up, no, it's Drew McIntyre. Um, so Ellie Knight has picked up, I think, Drew McIntyre. He's taken him to Kevin Owens's pod and he's just kind of bashing him against yeah, the, yeah. the thing and Kevin Owens is just headbutt at the same time. Which and just, 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 just hilarious visual, but it's just yeah, Kevin Owens is just applauding inside the pod, kind of going, "Yeah, excellent job, well done, excellent well job, done. thank, carry thank, on, thank you, Ellie Knight." Yeah, right, fine. <laughs> then there's also the, the bit where where um where Kevin Owens, when Logan Paul enters the match, he just stuffs him back into the pod, closes the door, and they just they just brawl in there. Oh, that's the other thing we should mention. Sorry to cut you off. There was a yeah. point during the match when there's like because they had like some some cameras inside the pods, mm. so you could kind of get mm. like another little inside look, and they had microphones which played into mm. various parts of this match being censored by the audio mm. being cut. We assume because of mondo amounts of swearing, but they didn't catch one from Bobby Lashley. Oops. So <laughs> they have a close up of Logan Paul's pod. And you can see he's like drawing something on like the, the sort of the, the, the plastic glass material, whatever it is. And mm. you can't really figure out what it was. And I joked he's probably just saying he's probably drawing a prime bottle or something, you know, just to make it a free advertising. But then you pointed out, Ian, to me that he said, Oh no, he actually wrote Kevin Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just it's just a picture of it's just a cartoon picture of Logan looking cool and Kevin sadly <laughs> being being cruelly depicted as Uber fat. <laughs> And it's just like, we're going down petty routes, aren't we, Logan? Aren't we, Logan? <laughs> you know that's going to be on the auction site by the end of the week, you know? <laughs> that, that was a random moment I wanted to point out there, so, so please continue. That was. Um, but no, my, my, my general was sort of for the match. I think if I had to pick between the two, I there are spots in the women's match I do like, but I think the... I think like the sort of like slugfest, like the men's was, it's like, there wasn't like crazy, crazy, like big moves. It's like people weren't just randomly flinging themselves off the top of the cage. Well, he nearly left, right center. I think Logan Paul did like a big crossbody on someone. But other than that, there wasn't really big, big chaotic moves. It's just people just hit heavy moves. They took a while to get back into it. And it kind of, it brought up that sort of brawl aspect of it. So Ultimately, I think I would, out of the two chamber matches here, I'd probably lean more towards the men simply because of that factor of, of I think it's just the, 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 just the, the drawn out slobber knocker aspect of it, really. Mm. And the fact is, you're kind of intrigued with some of the storylines. Obviously, the AJ LA Knight thing's been going on for a while now, so that's clearly continuing. I'm intrigued about Orton and Paul because I think that might be a fun one if they're going down that route. But then the question is, what does Kevin Owens do at Mania? That's the thing. Either it might be a multi-man battle for the United States Championship. You never know. Koala enthusiast Kevin Owens. Yes. Just actually, you know what? That actually, that actually goes back to his, uh, his pre-WWE days when he was like Kevin Steen zoo enthusiast. And he was like big into zoos. I bet he had a whale of a time. Like, genuinely, is. you should look it up. Oh, Still is. Um, <laughs> on, his, on his Twitter, he, on his Twitter and social media, he absolutely adores the zoos um so basically yeah anything zoo related kevin owens is definitely interested in it can we please get kevin owens an actual zoo sponsorship of some kind please <laughs> i want him to be officially endorsed by zoos across the globe 
There you go. There's a, w, there's a WWE network program or future WWE programming. There you go. Kevin Kevin Owens goes and look at nature and just goes, yep. I really thought for a second you were going to say it was a WWE zoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Rewind. One of his recent t-shirts has just been a giant panda. And basically the story behind it was the shop team asked him, what do you want for your new t-shirt? He just went to panda. Why? <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is brilliant. It's like fight, panda, it. fight. Oh, he has a character in Tekken, so. Yeah, there you go, right? There you go. But uh, but Harriet, perfect time to, 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 to turn over to you, as it were. Thoughts on the men's chamber match? Oh, it was brutal, but I enjoyed it. I will say that spot where Bobby speared Logan Paul through that pod, it was just like, oh, so brutal. Um, and also before that, I think he threw Kevin into the pod beside him as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, from both sides. Yeah, I did enjoy the spot with Ellen Knight bashing Drew against both pods. It's just oh, it's just so good. And Randy selling at the end when he was oh my back, I can't do it because Drew was going for the claymore, couldn't do it. Um, uh, but it was just a sneaky trap for Randy to do the RKO on on Drew, which was great. I did like the way it ended because. I, I was going for Drew anyway to win this. It was more how he won it because it even I was at the end thinking, wait, could could Randy win it? Could he win it? Uh, but yeah, the way that it ended was very well done. Again, made both men look strong and made Logan yeah. like the coward that he kind of acts as he does in the ring anyway mm. and makes you kind of dislike him more, even though you have to say he is a great wrestler, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... by the crowd <laughs> chanting after he did like a really cool move, the crowd said, just start chanting, you still suck. You still <laughs> suck. <laughs> what was it? It's like the whole thing of Orton actually, the whole thing of Orton was actually quite cleverly kind of signposted in the press conference because on the press conference side of things, you had um, Logan, Orton, and Owens. And Owens has just gone, oh, yeah, this guy's uh, turned up last uh, since you've been gone. He's kind of kind of weaseled his way in. He's a bit of a pain. And it's like, Orton's just going, all right, fine. It's like Orton kind of downplayed it. And it's like, well, mm. downplaying it is now cause you to lose your shot at Mania for 15th championship. Mm. So it's like, there you go. Subtle building. Subtle building. That's a very interesting little dynamic yeah. I wasn't aware of, actually. So that's really cool to yeah. know. Yeah. That was good. But Harry, in Harry, terms, sorry, I think I, I was going to say, I think I, I agree with Ian. I preferred the men's over the women's because there was a lot more storytelling to tell. There is a lot more coming out of it than there was going in. Mm. So in all, I thought it was great. Yeah, I think uh, it's like I sort of said at the top when I was talking about it, it felt far more story driven and there was a lot more going on in the men's match. But I thought the women's match was a good showcase for the women, if that makes sense. I think that's almost the way I would describe it. It's it's hard to kind of articulate properly, but both chamber matches really good in their own right, just very different mm -hmm. dynamics of what occurred is probably the way to actually sum it up. Mm -hmm. This then led to the main event of the evening, which, let's just call it like it is, we all pretty much knew what the heck the result was going to be. It was more like you've been saying, Ian, it was about the journey of it and whatnot. It was Nia Jax challenging Australia's own Rhea Ripley for the Women's Championship. The World Women's Championship. Sorry, I should be more specific. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I, I enjoyed this match. It was about trying to overcome the giant and could 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 Miss Brutality, as it were, overcome 
the giant that was Nia Jax. There were moments that played into it. There was there was a commentary table involved on the outside where Nia, I believe, did a jumping elbow drop off of one of the announcers' chairs, which kind of spun out of the way from under her as she did it. So fair play for making that yeah. work. I think what might have supposed to happen, I think the power, like the, the slam she did before doing that was supposed to break the table. But mm. then you're like, oh, table's not broken. Ah, F it. I'll just do a gentle elbow <laughs> yeah. off, off the side. <laughs> side. Ah, but anyway. But another dynamic of the match as well was that Rhea was having to pull some stuff out of her arsenal that we don't normally see her utilize. She was doing, for example, the odd missile drop kit. She tried to do a Hurricane Rana very early on in the match, which seemingly kind of looked like it almost caught Nia off guard of what, what the heck? How do I, what do I do mm. <laughs> following this? So that was another little dynamic in that we, we're not used to her seeing having to go this deep into her arsenal of tactics, as it were. But mm-hmm. ultimately, Rhea was able to get the upper hand in the match after being in submissions for quite a long time as well, including, which I won't labor the point because I've said it to you guys already, including Nia trying to apply for about a minute or so, the stretch muffler, which I will maintain is the worst looking submission hold in wrestling. That's a debate for another day. But ultimately, Nia Jax was hit by the Riptide, so fair play to Rhea for being able to hit it, and got the one, two, three to send her her home country crowd home happy. Too many homes in that sentence, but that'll do. Overall, fun main event. I think I think it was Corey Graves that said it on commentary actually that a deserving main event on any a deserving main event match on any show, let alone one in Australia. I think it was a really mm. solid match. I enjoyed it. Great showcase for Rhea continuing to be the dominant champion. And it's more just about then, what is next? We know that it is Becky, but we'll come back to that point in a few moments specifically. Harriet, I'll start with you. What did you think of this main event match? I I really liked it. I mean, I'm a big Rhea fan, as you can kind of tell. Um, so just just the, the reaction from the crowd, like because I knew as soon as she walked out, it was going to be rapturous. Though Nia did get a good mixed crowd, which was good. It wasn't mm. like good, it wasn't bad, it was quite good. But yeah, it, it was a great match. And also, in regards to, like you said, Rhea was using uh, stuff she hasn't used before. Naya was using a lot of submissions, because it's not really her thing. She's very much like, you know what, just attack sort of thing. Um, but in all, I, I did enjoy it, because it was the case of one point, Rhea was kind of, not scared, but she was like, how can I do this? How can I actually defeat her? Because everything I'm trying is not working. Um, the kick out at the uh, uh, Annihilator was very good because you just think, is she going to kick out? But no, that was very good. And then the superplex with Nia at the end before the Riptide was was mm. very good. Um, it was just a great match throughout. It was, yeah, I, I I really liked it. A great way to end it. And I think uh, Corey said it as well, like this is her WrestleMania moment before WrestleMania because of it being her hometown it was like seven mm. years before she wrestled prior to that and i i thought it was great i mean the press conference was really good as well With so i was just like, whatnot. yeah exactly and i was just like Do you know what i'm really happy for Rhea, even though she is a heel you could tell at this point she was very much a face in this before now right okay back to business on to wrestlemania thanks against uh, becky but yeah i i really enjoyed this match it was just great Ian. Yeah, I think considering the history of Nia Jax matches, I think this is probably one of her best matches. And it's like yes. it, she she played she played the perfect role of powerful adversary or basically just a movable object. That was basically it was like the irresistible force of Rhea Ripley, the irremovable force of 
of of Nia Jax, one of them had to give. And it was just, it was just good with that dynamic. And it was, yeah, it wasn't just a simple rear squashes because we've seen a couple of the rear squashes matches in the early start of her title reign here, like uh, Zanina Vega at Backlash, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very good kind of David and Goliath style story. It was very, very well executed. Some of the spots were really, really good. I, I'm with Harriet, the, the second rope, like suplex to set up for the finale was really brutal. It was like, Ooh, this is, this is this is interesting, and also a little shout out to Dom with a little bit of a Eddie Guerrero fog splash off the top. Crowd kind of went Eddie, but it's like no, no, she's doing that for Dom for the time being, so, <laughs> or no, that sort of thing. But no, it was it was a good atmosphere. Result, yeah, results never in doubt. But the fact is, we had a really solid match. It didn't feel like it was a phoned in match as well. So it's like we, they they put on a they put on a very good match. It's a very good main event match as well for. For the for the moment and for the occasion, and yeah, it's onwards now to to Mania and Becky Ferreira, which I think that leads in perfectly to the next topic of discussion, and that being what is currently as things stand on the cards for WrestleMania, and kind of what what a few things confirmed and such like that. We know we're getting Cody and Rock. Like, uh, sorry, Cody Rock, uh, Cody and mm. Roman one on one. Sorry, that's what I meant more mm. specifically. That is the confirmed match in that scenario. Yep. We know in some way, shape, or form we're likely going to get another match involving that that those four people, as it were, mm. Cody Rock, Seth Roman, and such. We know we're gonna, we're more than likely now going to get Logan and Orton. We know we're going to likely get AJ and, and LA. That's really difficult to actually say when I try and say it like that. Mm. We know we're going to get Bailey and EO. For, for one, one of the women's championships. We know we're going to get Becky and Rhea for one of the women's championships. Based on what you were saying earlier, Ian, which I hadn't considered, likely we'll get some kind of carry and cross Bobby Lashley thing at Mania as well. That kind of seems like yeah, a the, logical yeah. place for that to culminate to, perhaps. Yeah, you, yeah, you'll probably see the ongoing, like another installment of Carrion and AOP versus Bobby and the Street Profits, per se. It's mm. like it's it, it probably seems like you're going to get another continuation per se or just a match per se it's probably gonna be very low on the card anyway so mm. in terms of what else there isn't really been anything specifically teased on this show i know you mentioned mm. in passing in perhaps awesome truth winning the tag titles that could be a direction they could go in mm. i know we were musing between ourselves in our private chat during the show itself maybe bianca and jade because they sort of teased it at the rumble that yeah. perhaps could be a little thing they could do, or it does that maybe need a bit longer to sort of build toward. Who knows? But mm. there's still a lot of sort of um a lot of sort of pieces of the puzzle to be put into place, as it were. We don't really know too much, but we've got two days of shows to fill, so there's a lot going on. Yeah. You've also got the Jimmy and Jay, because that's ongoing yep. as well. Yeah, that, is that that's continuing all, it. Yes. That's all but that's all but a cert that's gonna happen this year. Yeah, brother versus brother is definitely yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, mm. the, the 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 mystery is who's challenging who's challenging um, Gunther. That's the thing because it's like mm. it's like it's like a lot of the people you would expect to to take on Gunther are now busy. So it's like Jay's obviously going to Jay was didn't beat Gunther on this past Raw for the championship because of Jimmy. So you're going to have Jay versus Jimmy. Um, I mean, Sheamus is still out. He might be back soon. It's, it's, it seems. It seems like Chad? it's kind of gone. Chad Gable seems to be the a logical. I think Chad Gable is a logical step 
And if you're trying mm. to make new stars and all that sort of stuff, it, it, it makes perfect sense. Bron Breaker's now on the main roster. He's on SmackDown, though, so I don't know. We, he, he's probably going to be prepared for next Mania at this point in time. He might appear at this Mania. Who knows? Um, yeah, there's, there's still quite a few components in place, but the card is starting to take shape, and it's like based on the current trajectory of WWE products at the moment, it's like storylines that are, cap- are capturing our attention. The right stories for, for most of the big ones are being told well. So it's like Cody rock all that. That's whatever's happening on the journey is like, it's, it's been fun at the moment since the press conference, as Harriet mm. said. So we've got that Drew is continuing his march to being, being Uber heel or heel. That is right. <laughs> which is also a thing, which I've enjoyed so much as well. This is kind of like, it's like, Oh, I prayed for this moment that you get injured. And I've got the T-shirt as well. I, I thought, I thought, I thought generally the end of the match for the Chamber was Drew was going to hit a go to sleep on on Orton to oh. continue building the Punk thing, and before before Logan got involved, that's what I was thinking when he was taking his time. Go, ah, I know what I'm going to do, go to sleep, all that sort of stuff. Um, no, I I think at the moment it's like this will be a very solid card, and again it's like the in-ring mm. stuff. I mean, the show shows it. The in-ring stuff, when you give it time, is really, really good. And it's like you don't you don't get the things don't feel rushed. And they've got two nights of shows. Last year, obviously, we're, aside for a few questionable results, last year was a very good mania. This year could top it quite easily. Yeah. Mm. You need to for this milestone as well, number 40. Yeah. yeah. As well. Mm. Um uh, going back to Drew, I did love at the end where he did the same pose as the the the, the, <laughs> the tombstone. Very end, he caught. I caught that. I was like, oh, he's doing the meme again because he's he's doing so many meme things on Twitter. It's great. I love this version of Drew. It's so good. <laughs> also, also, Drew needs to win at Mania. There, yeah. there's, there's no but yeah. Drew has to win at Mania. He has to because so many chances, and it's just like, please, I don't mind Seth as a champion, but you oh, know, basically, oh, Drew needs this. Yeah, but what's got Priest? Well, what, I, what I really want, oh. and I pre- appreciating Drew is. Oh, sorry, what was that? I know. I just remember it's like, oh yeah, there's Priest with a case as well. So it's like, will yeah. Priest will Priest take it up to the to the near deadline to cash in because he's tried cashing in before. So part of me is thinking maybe it might be you might do a you might do a heist of the century thing on that match, but ultimately, I, I think it's a cert. Seth's not leaving Mania with that belt. But that's, I, that's I really want Drew to win it because I want him to actually have that moment in front of a crowd. Yeah, mm. that's that. That's I just want it for him. Regardless whether he's face or heel, I just want him to have that moment because he mm. got it at the Royal Rumble of 2020 when he won the, the yeah. Rumble match. And then he had to win it in a warehouse. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then Clash of the Castle, we, we were all saying it at the time, be it on podcasts or elsewhere, that that felt like a really big missed moment then. And then when mm. he had to close out the show by singing an Oasis song with Tyson Fury, it's like, yeah, I know what ending I would have picked of the show, probably. So I there really wanted to have that moment. And then there exactly. were choices. Exactly. <laughs> I've actually just looked up last year's Mania card. For point of reference, night one had eight matches and night two had seven matches. Wow. Okay, so we'll pro- we might we might kind of 
it might be same. Maybe might go six matches per night because six seems to be the, mm. the the golden number. Five or six seems to be the golden number. Yeah. So two two men's two men's championship, two women's championships, uh, tag championships, intercontinental United States. So that's already seven matches. Mm. With the main. There was also a Hell in a Cell match last year, which I totally forgot. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. Texas. Yeah, fell the old god it was as well, wasn't it? Spotted <laughs> by Russell Crowe going, Good day. It's I'm the Pope's exorcist. I'm not doing my accent <laughs> at the moment. I'm just Russell Crowe. And these people like gladiators, they're fighting. I don't watch any of this stuff, but they pay me money to do it. Also, uh, see me on a Vespa and drinking coffee. <laughs> on. So we should we should see how the card does unfold. But folks. The road to WrestleMania is firmly in kind of in fourth gear at this point. I think it's fair to say we've still got, I think they said just shy of like 50 days left. I can't remember the exact number, but it's 42. less than 50 now. About 40 odd now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting very, very close. But Ian, before we wrap up proper, I know we've got a few other bits and bobs coming up on Bunker Mania over the coming weeks. So what are some of the, the, the sort of the plans of action we have got for, for forthcoming episodes? Well, next week is Revolution for AEW. So we'll hopefully try to get a, a review podcast of that sorted out for as well um that leads us straight into wwe 2k24 season per se because the game comes out we are looking to do quite a, a number of different content things with it because it's it's a big game there's so many different things there hopefully if my gm mode is online this year we have some plans for that uh if not We'll be we'll be we'll be going through things like the My Rise storylines. We'll be doing the showcase mode. We'll be we'll be trying the different game modes. We'll have a like a fun roulette uh, versus mode and that sort of stuff. So we've got that on the horizon as well. So and then towards the tail end of March, we're going straight into Mania. So Mania is in April. Oh so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting how we do that, depending on what happens around that event for us with with other with our out outlets. So. We, we'll definitely be doing stuff for Mania. Absolutely be doing mm. stuff for Mania. Um, and then we might we might try and get the odd extra film review in there, left, right, and center. We did do the Iron Claw last week, so if you haven't watched our Iron Claw review yet, the film is, I think, available on VOD in the US. It's going to be out on Blu-ray and DVD towards the tail end of March. UK, it's still showing at select cinemas. So if you haven't, if you've watched the film, want to hear our thoughts, we've got a link in the in the description below and it's going to probably be on the end card of this episode on youtube as well so you can hit, click straight through me and harriet talk about that film there we go so folks stay tuned for another episode of bunker mania coming very very soon as mentioned next time definitely going to be an AEW revolution review we might try and do something before that kind of a nice little lead up to revolution because i'm still keeping up to date with AEW stuff so it might be cool to kind of just do almost like a We'll call it like a catch-up show, if you will. Kind of, what's the lay of the land with AEW? So it might be interesting to try and do that, but we will see how things go. Harriet, if people want to find you away from the Bunker Mania side of things, what is the best way that people people can discover what you do? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, uh, at MangaGirl232. I post there when I stream, which is around once a week. Um, and my Twitch is Harriet underscore manga manga girl trying to remember that <laughs> um i just stream various things from lego building to random games what i feel like playing on each week but i always put the day or the few hours before if you want to catch me on there and uh youtube as well youtube.com forward slash manga girl 232 i know there is a new nsp video coming out the weekend of the convention so i have to try and work out a way of trying to record that in some capacity 
<laughs> and upload it on the same day, which should be fun. But yeah, I, if you find me on X mainly, that's where I post most of my stuff. Well, cool. And I should say as well, all the links that we're going to mention, they will be in the description below as well if you're watching on YouTube. So that's an easy way to find them. Ian, if people want to find you outside of the Bunker Mania realm, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitch. I stream weekly at The Decadane, all one word. And if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's at Decadane as well. So little bits and pieces. Um, yeah, Mondays I watch random stuff on YouTube and sometimes I get mad at it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Mostly a curse for me, but anyway. <laughs> a blessing and for us. Can... <laughs> and if you want to find me, you can find me under the username in most places of Giraffe Me. That's J-E-R-A-F-F-E-M-Y. Yes, I did do a little Jeff Jarrett parody there with how I said the name. That's how it rolls now, folks. I tend to stream on Twitch every Friday where I'm playing some video games. Currently, I'm playing the Ace Attorney game, so that's very good fun I've never played it before. And you can find various other things that I do as well but of course we have been bunker mania if you have enjoyed the show be sure to hit that subscribe button on your platform of choice we've got lots of episodes of podcasts in the archive like ian mentioned the iron claw review and lots of stuff if you want to go back and hear what we thought of like events of years gone by there's lots of archives at this point so why not go and do just that from myself jeremy from ian and harriet thank you very much for checking out bunker mania wrestling until next time take care and speak to you soon <laughs>